Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone welcome to guardians weekly jim rosenhouse along with you from tropicana field in st petersburg where the guardians are getting ready to take on the rays in game two of the series on saturday and then another game on sunday before an off day monday in cincinnati and two with the reds to finish up the road swing coming up a little bit later on in our show today we will hear from Rob Serfolio with a farm report later on ramon lariano one of the newest cleveland guardians also, Cole Calhoun, another veteran signee on that last homestand, and rookie right-hander Gavin Williams. They will all stop by and join us here on Guardians Weekly. But first, a look back at the week in review, and a homestand that was completed with a four-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays, and on Monday, it was a 3-1 loss to the Jays, but a good battle to start the series, and what a night for Guardians. Young starting pitcher Gavin Williams on the mound. Toronto had three straight games against Boston in which they had 14 hits or more in all three games. They have won tonight. Here's the wine. Here's the 3-2 delivery. A swing and a miss. He strikes out Jansen. That is 12 for Gavin Williams. What a performance. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario scoreless in Northeast Ohio. And again, we'll hear more from Williams in just a little bit. The Toronto pitching was terrific in that game, too, and they scored three runs in the final two innings to pick up a 3-1 to one win in Game 1 of the series. Tuesday night, Game 2, more great pitching in this one, but this time the Guardians were able to get on the board in the second inning thanks to the newest Guardian, Ramon Laureano, in his first Cleveland at-bat. Kikuchi hands at the belt, checks first. Another look, the pitch, and it's swung on. Grounded over the bag at third. Fair ball down the left field line into the corner. Gonzalez hits third. He's being waved home. Laureano will stay at second with an RBI double. And it's 1-0 Cleveland as Gonzalez scored from first on a double over the bag at third and down into the left field corner in Laureano's first at bat as a Cleveland Guardian. How about that? That would be it for the offense as Toronto starter Yusei Kikuchi shut down the Guardians, but Tanner Bybee dominated the Jays lineup. Here's Paul DeYoung, the number nine hitter. Shortstop with a high fly ball to left, but that's not going anywhere. Camped under it is Stephen Kwan, and that'll finish the night for Tanner Bybee. Just like last night, Cleveland gets seven shutout innings from one of their young phenoms. A hundred pitches tonight for Tanner Bybee. He is something special, isn't he? 1-0 Cleveland, stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Trevor Steffen got the job done in the eighth, and then it was Emmanuel Classe on in the ninth. You've got people standing here at Progressive Field. The problem is they're holding their breath. 
One ball one strike not a lot of noise the set in the one one swung on lifted in the air to center this should do it straw to right center he's under it ball game and Emmanuel Classe has back to back 30 save seasons it wasn't easy in the night but it never is against a club like Toronto and how about the Guardians getting their 12th shutout headed by the phenomenal rookie Tanner Bybee then Trevor Steffen, then Emmanuel Classe. Cleveland, a 1-0 win over Toronto tonight. So a nice win to square the series up at one win apiece. Logan Allen kept the good pitching going on the mound in Wednesday's game against the Blue Jays, giving up just one run in five innings of work. But for a second day in a row, one run was enough, this time for the Blue Jays, as Kevin Gossman shut down the Guardians' bats, and Toronto took game three of the series 1-0. On Thursday, day baseball in downtown Cleveland. Toronto got the scoring started with a run in the top half of the second inning. But in the bottom of the inning, the Guardians' youngsters delivered, starting with a memorable moment for rookie Jose Tena. Two down, 1-0 Blue Jays for the number nine hitter, the kid Jose Tena. Left-handed batter at short today. And the pitch. Tana with a line drive base hit up the middle. His first major league hit. His first major league RBI. And the score is Laureano. And we've got a 1-1 game. How about that? Jose Tana, another one of those highly thought of middle infield prospects, has spent the year in double-A Akron. And he roped a two-out. Line drive, single to center to score Laureano. And Cleveland making Alec Manoa pay for the walks. And then it was Brian Rocchio putting the Guardians in front. The pitch swung on, line drive, another base hit. This is to the right of center. It's cut off by Lucas, but in to score is Naylor on his way to second. Hit first slide and a double. As Rocchio beats the throw from Lucas to the right of center. And the Guardians take a two to one lead. And both walks this inning have come around to score. As Naylor scores, Tana goes to third. Rocchio with that RBI double to the right of center. That's his third major league double, his second major league RBI. It was that same pair in the fifth inning as Tana led off with a double and then Rocchio came through again. Manoa with the one two pitch. Swung on, line drive, right field, base hit, maybe extras. Yes, it rolls to the wall. Tana will score. Rocchio's on his way to second. He's in with his second RBI double on the day. And the Guardians now lead it 3-1. to one. Wow, the first-year players for Cleveland getting it done. Jose Tana with his first major league start today. Brian Rocchio just up from the minor leagues. And a combo to knock Manoa out of the game here in the fifth inning as John Schneider's on his way to the mound. Cole Calhoun drove in one more with a ground out to make it 4-1 Cleveland, but in the seventh, Toronto scratched out two runs to make it a one-run ball game, 4-3. So once again, in the ninth, it was Emmanuel Classe without any wiggle room trying to close it out. Cleveland is one strike away from being three and a half games out of first. Incredible. Now the 2-2. Swing and a miss! Ball game! What a slider! And Classe wipes out DeYoung and the Blue Jays in the ninth. And Cleveland gains a split 
in this four game series against a ball club like Toronto you really can't pitch any better than Cleveland did and the end result each team wins two games today the Guardians with a four to three win over the Blue Jays. So the Guardians split the series with the Blue Jays and then it was on to St. Petersburg to open up the series with the Rays on Friday night. A wild ball game. Guardians tied it with three runs in the ninth only to see it slip away when Wander Franco hit a home run to walk it off in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Tampa Bay 9, Cleveland 8 the final score. Stay with us. We'll be back with more after this on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. The final horse now in the gate, and they're off. They're starting off with a double toe loop jump, leaving a difficult 7-10 split as there's movement on the inside rail. Only nine pins separate them now as they head to the final quarter mile. They're neck and neck. It's down to the last frame. Here comes the actual jump. They bundle their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Win, strike, savings, gold. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. The Guardians and Rays meeting in a weekend series. Gavin Williams will be on the mound on Saturday, and he was terrific in his last outing on Monday night at home against the Blue Jays, pitching seven scoreless innings, 12 strikeouts to establish a new career high. He allowed just one hit, and we caught up with him on Tuesday, and he says some great advice from veteran pitcher Cal Quantrill has really helped him over his last couple of starts. I mean, just talking with Cal, uh, I mean, me and him just been going over things from like my past three or four outings, really. Uh, I mean, I keep asking him what he sees, and he keeps giving me feedback and just, just building off of that, really. And how valuable is that? Obviously, you have great coaches here, but to talk to a veteran player who's been through that before as well, how important is that? I mean, it's super important. Uh, he's he's gone through it uh, his rookie year. I mean, he's been in here three or four years. I don't really know how long yet. Uh, but, I mean, that feedback is definitely very helpful. Were there certain periods of the game last night where it was clicking in and you said, aha, this is what I need to be doing to, to get deeper into games? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, just going back on it with Cal. Uh, I mean, the biggest innings really are the, the fifth, fifth and sixth innings, really. So you look back at a dozen strikeouts, and obviously strikeouts are fun for anybody. Were you aware in, in terms of history and, and how often that has or has not happened in, in Indians history, maybe after the game? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't see it until somebody tagged me in it on uh, Twitter, I think it was. Gavin, it, you look at great games that you've had. Uh, we were talking before we went on about a college game that you had at the highest level in, in the NCAA tournament against Vanderbilt. What do you remember about that, that day or night that turned out to be a big strikeout game for you? Uh, I mean, I think it was just a pitcher's duel. I mean, you had Kumar on the other team. He had 11. Um, just going against each other, it was, it was pretty fun. And you're facing Vanderbilt, which has such a great reputation. But what did it mean for, for your school, East Carolina, to be on that spotlight and, and have you be a part of that? I mean, that's where we always wanted to be. Uh, we can play with, well, yeah, we can play with anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is, but, I mean, we competed with everyone. 
And when you talk about competing, um, you're getting deeper in your season here, and I know uh, a common theme has been how will the three rookies in the rotation hold up and how long will they pitch. How are you feeling right now as you get deeper into it here in the month of August? Uh, I mean, I feel good. Uh, I'm going to pitch as long as they let me. So hopefully that's till the end of the season. But whenever they tell me to stop, that's when I'm going to stop. Well, it's been good stuff for sure. Gavin, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Gavin Williams, who is back on the mound on Saturday down in St. Pete against the Rays. Well, the Guardians lineup has been bolstered somewhat by veteran outfielder Cole Calhoun, who had been in the minor leagues all season long for the first time in 10 years. But he's back in the major leagues with the Guardians and the former Angel and Diamondback, among others, has had a, a nice impact on the ball club in his first week with the team. He's played some first base, he's played some outfield, and he was in the outfield on Monday night, made a tremendous diving catch in right field, and we caught up with him the next day to ask him about that catch and, and where it ranked for him in a long career as an outfielder. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was definitely up there. It's It was a long way to go. Um, had only had one ball hit to me uh, earlier in the game, and took a stab at it and and came down with it so if I could think back to a few there's a few that stick out but that one uh, that one ranks up there pretty high I think kids who play the game they always want to make those kind of plays but as you get deeper into to professional baseball and especially at the major league level uh, what are some of the things that you consider when you're trying to make a play like that yeah I mean to be honest a lot of guys probably think about a lot of things and I I don't know I've never really possessed that trade it was just really go catch it and you know it was since I was young I used to love diving around and, and catching balls and I thought that's that's been one of the my favorite parts uh, of the game especially on the defensive side and um, it's funny now I watch my son do the same thing I throw him balls and he's diving all over the place and I, I don't know maybe it's just innate I guess but um, no, that's uh, only thing going through my mind was get there as quick as I can. If I've got a chance, I'm going to go for it. And you, you were back in your natural position. Uh, here, though, you've had an opportunity to play some first base for the first time in a long time. What are the challenges that have been there that, that maybe are not readily apparent to a lot of folks who think that first base, well, that's a, an easy spot anyone can play over there? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, being a guy like like I have played in the outfield uh, pretty much my entire career, um, and so I've had a little bit of experience at first base, but that was a long time ago. And so I've always prided myself on defense, and so anytime that something comes up, it's like – I. I want to go out and succeed for the team, especially on the defensive side. You want to do it on the offensive side too, but it's a game of failure on the offensive side, not so much on the defensive side. So I think uh, I think over there, there's just some some instincts that that come with experience that you know I may not possess quite yet. I mean, it's just going to take some some time over there and, and playing and and getting comfortable. And uh, comes down to those those two balls uh, on Sunday right there that you know I feel like I should have caught and. Um, I think with a little bit more experience, I, I may have gone about those balls a couple different ways. But, um, you know, I'm just going to keep working and keep on getting better over there. And post-game, you took some responsibility for that front and center. Why do you think that's important, especially someone uh, at your stage of the game and, and where you are in this situation? Yeah, I just I, I think that's important because uh, this is a this is a tough game, you know, and, and I've been around for a little bit, and, and I, I'll be able to deal with it. And, um, I think uh, some other guys that, you know, it, it affects them big time, you know, and so I think uh, me being able to take that is uh, is – 
just a, a good way to go about it. I think uh, good game, you, you give it to everybody else, and bad game, you, you take it all upon yourself. Cole Calhoun is joining us, recently acquired by the Guardians. And Cole, you, you were back in the minor leagues for the first time in a long time um, earlier this season. Uh, what's kept you going and, and, and got you through that period before you got back here? Yeah, I, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since, I, since I've been down and then in AAA. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 10 years uh, of MLB service time, and I'm a little bit short, and I wanted to get back and get an opportunity to get that. That's kind of what kept me going. That was uh, what motivated me to, to go through the season and um, keep on grinding like I've been grinding. And so um, get an opportunity to, uh, to get back up here and – you know, and, and help a ball club that, that is right in the thick of things. And so that's that's exciting. I uh, um, want to come up here and play well and, and do what I can to help this team win and, um, you know, see where see where this year takes us. It's been a wild ride so far, so we'll see what happens. And you have a teammate, Daniel Norris, who somewhat similar has spent a lot of time in the major leagues and ended up going back to the minor leagues for a while this season. And he said there were some positives to it. Um, were there some positives there that maybe the way you look at the game a little bit? Yeah, I think it puts some things in perspective. It really does. I mean, I don't want to say you take anything for granted up here, but I was up here for a long time, you know. And uh, when you go back to AAA and, and the game is, I mean, it is miles away from where it is in the big leagues um being at the triple a level and just atmospheres crowds uh competition level i mean you name it and so um getting back up here and like the first day back in the stadium and like looking up hitting bp throwing a ball around it was just like it, it puts things into perspective that this is this is awesome this is cool this is such a a fantastic place to be in in like truly truly living a dream so um definitely brings that back to the forefront Cole, thanks a lot for their perspectives. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And some great veteran perspectives from Cole Calhoun, and he has been a nice addition to this ball club. Stay with us. We're back with more after this. The next delivery to Jansen. Swung on, lifted in the air, fairly deep right. Varsho wants to tag. Catch is made by Laureano. He'll fire on the fly to third, and staying put was Varsho. Oh my! Smart play by Dalton Varsho. He knows about the bazooka attached to the right shoulder of Ramon Laureano, and he fired it to third on the fly. Varsho would have been a dead pigeon. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. Guardians and Rays meeting this weekend, and then the five-game road swing continues in Cincinnati on Tuesday night. Ramon Laureano is another outfielder that the Guardians have added to their roster with good major league experience. He was claimed off waivers from the Oakland Athletics earlier in the week. Flew in on the red eye Monday night and made his Guardians debut on Tuesday. And uh, when we caught up with him, he talked about what a wild week it had been for him coming to a new team. Uh, It's been, uh, you know, fresh air. Uh, It's been uh, a blessing at the same time. And uh, I'm just really excited I'm here in the Indians. And it's such a great organization uh, that people don't see from the outside. And you see it from, from across the field and during the times where these teams have played each other, Oakland and Cleveland, 
what were your impressions of the organization then and, and how has it gone so far very early in your Cleveland career? Uh, it's just how advanced they are in everything. I feel like uh, obviously I got a friend here, Ramirez, and uh, he he used to tell me so many great things about it all these years. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited now that I'm here. And you were with a team that was having a difficult season, both on and off the field, with so many things going on about moving the franchise, all of that. How difficult was it to, to be the best you could be in that situation? Uh, it's a it's a hard question, you know, because I don't like uh, I'm not an excuse person mm-hmm. because you know you you need to control what you have to do on the field, you know, and uh, your work and and all that. And I I did all that. It's just uh, it's just really hard with uh, with all everything is going on off the field with the, with them. It, it actually it really impacts the players in the clubhouse on the field, and uh, and yeah, I mean, not adrenaline during the games. It felt like extended games. I remember and. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm just so happy that I'm here. I I, re- I really do feel like I got called up. When you look at your game, I know uh, your throwing arm is one of the best in baseball. Uh, for some players, that's a gift from a young age. They just they have a great arm. Uh, how about you? How did you develop that type of arm where you can make tremendous throws? Uh, without a doubt, is a is a God given thing. Without a doubt, but I have worked on it. You know, I have worked on. You know, uh, I got some mobility. I got some mobility in my arms, so I can throw different angles and stuff. And I try to, you know, be as accurate as I can, and uh, not only speed, uh, you know, throw throw hard, but throw it with accuracy. So yeah, I worked a lot on that. More fun to make a, a great defensive play, maybe throw someone out on the bases, than it is even to to do something big at the plate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do both, you know, and that's what I'm planning on. And yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited. So the year you're having offensively, it looks like some of the periphery numbers are, are really good. And uh, how do you feel about where you're at as you join a new ball club? Look, I feel great. I think as that as that was, I don't, I don't feel not even close to that's who I am. I, I know why and uh, and and this team knows why. That's why they got me and. Uh, so I just, for me, just staying healthy and not sliding to people's knee or or get hit by a pitch by an IDA and play with a broken. I think it's just for me, just uh, just go out there and play and you know, health and that's it. Well, good luck with a fresh start. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Ramon Laureano, who's had uh, some nice moments in his first week with the ball club, and uh, certainly. A nice addition with some veteran presence for this team heading down the stretch. Stay with us. We'll go from veteran presence to the youngest of the young minor leaguers and uh, get a report from the farm system from Rob Serfolio when we return on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive knows we're all trying to save right now. Hey, at least we're still enjoying baseball on a Saturday night, right? Even if it is T-ball. Yeah, but tickets to the majors are just so expensive now. And who knows, maybe we're seeing a pro in the making. Sure, in like 20 years. How is he safe? Boo! This up stinks! Um, the ump is only 14. We don't really do that. Oh, my bad. You're doing a great job, ump! Progressive offers you savings without sacrifice. So save big when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers.
Guardians Weekly continuing from St. Petersburg, Tropicana Field, where the Guardians are taking on the Rays this weekend. And we try and catch up with Rob Serfolio on a regular basis. He's the director of player development for the Guardians. And he was with the Columbus Clippers this week in Toledo. Pitching depth, obviously, has been something that's been tested this season for Cleveland. And one potential candidate, if the need were to arise for yet another starter at the major league level, is hard-throwing right-hander Joey Cantillo. And Rob talks about what he's seen from Cantillo recently with Columbus. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a guy that that has just thrown the ball really well um, throughout the entire course of the season. He started with Akron and pretty pretty much dominated the double-A level from a, from a strikeout standpoint, weak contact, and just has continued to grow. I mean, he was in the Futures game for us. You just kind of look at Joey. One of the things that's really impressive about him is some of the things that people don't see away from the the 7 o'clock window when he's actually out on the mound. But the way that this guy goes about his business in between starts, how he approaches his bullpen, always trying to get better, uh, it, it speaks a ton of about him as a character and just, you know, why we're so excited about the potential ceiling for this guy. And uh, it's it's been fun to watch him get challenged here in AAA. You know, I think early on, making that adaptation to advanced hitters at the AAA level, like you'll see guys that different than AA sometimes that have, you know, quite a bit of major league experience. And I think some of that shows up in their approach and how they're able to to kind of combat some of the things that our pitchers, especially young pitchers, have had success with in the past. And it's been a great learning experience for Joey to kind of get some of that in-game feedback and then make his own adjustments to continue to be more and more of a complete pitcher. So we're seeing a lot of the same stuff. I mean, this guy has a four-pitch mix. His fastball has been up to 98 miles per hour this year, which which has been impressive as Velo was really a, a big focus for us when he came over in the trade a couple of years ago with San Diego. And now that we're seeing that consistently, it's a lot about his secondary and attacking the strike zone and, and, and making sure that, you know, he can get the most out of the, the quality four pitch mix that he has by being able to land all those in zone and attack hitters uh, and stay ahead in the count to get deep into games and pitch efficiently. So it, it's been a, it's been a fun season and a lot of learning uh, opportunities for Joey and he's taken advantage of them. Not to lump these two together, but a couple of depth pieces that we've seen already at the major league level this season. Hunter Gaddis and Peyton Battenfield. Uh, Battenfield battling injury and, and now coming back from that. But what are you seeing from them as you look at their numbers? And certainly it's been up and down at the AAA level. But what are you seeing at this point in time for both? Yeah, you know, starting with, with Battenfield, you, you noted it of coming back from the injury. And that's always difficult in season of then trying to, you know, find your feet underneath you again um, and getting back to competing at a high level, but also making sure that, that you're a hundred percent healthy is, is a challenge for guys. And, and, you know, watching Peyton kind of go through his work yesterday and, and talking with him a little bit, you know, that's where he's at. And again, you know, I think with Gaddis too, trying to find the things that when these guys were at their best in the past, what were we seeing from them from a you know arsenal standpoint and from the delivery standpoint and and really trying to gear our efforts towards both of those things and Gaddis went out and 
uh, and threw the ball really well last night. And I know Owen Dew and Cody Bukel and the pitching group had had some things they wanted him to work on when it came to pitch selection. And and I thought he did a great job of that last night. So really, it's you know that focus of how do we get these guys back on track to hopefully continue to to get better and eventually be you know quality major league options for us and trying to take advantage of every rep that they have at the AAA level to to close that gap. And I, you know, watching Hunter throw in game yesterday, I thought he did a great job of that. And, and same with Peyton um, on an off day for him, but some of the, a day in which he was really, you know, kind of pushing himself in the bullpen in between outings. So, you know, both those guys are, are, are aligned with the things that are highest leverage for them. And, and now it just comes to putting in the work and, and seeing how that uh, shows up in game for us. And one other pitcher wanted to touch on very familiar to Guardians fans is Zach Plesak, and it's been a, a tough yeah. year for Zach. He spent most of it at the minor league level. Um, I, I noticed earlier this week a good performance for him. Um, how's he coming along? What's he working on? Good. You know, I have had the pleasure of working with Zach, you know, prior to, to anyone in Cleveland, you know, knowing who he was in the minor leagues. And I think just one of the cool things about him of, you know, watching him go about his work is – is he's really the same guy, which, um, which I think speaks a lot of credit to just you know how motivated he is to to try and get back to help our major league team, and and of course like you know some of the the things that that he was doing when he was at his peak is is same story with what we're trying to do with with Peyton and Hunter of okay how how do we assess the gap between then now with Plea and and how do we kind of help him reorient his best arsenal and delivery to get him back to, to being an option to help our major league team win. Um, again, this is a kid that, that really works. He really cares. He wants to get back to help our major league team. And, and so trying to every day move the needle closer to the best version of him um, and really digging in on some, some of the delivery aspects that we think can maybe continue to allow him to, to throw you know his best velocity when he's out there on the mound. So um, it, it's been fun to, for our group to to work with Zach and to his credit, you know, he has, he has not squawked at all at being in triple A and has come up and, and had a great mindset with, with how to get better and hopefully get back there to help our big league team win. Rob Serfolio joining us. We're talking triple A Columbus as Rob is with the ball club over in Toledo on this road swing position player wise. Let's start behind the plate. Brian Lavastida made the big league club coming out of spring training a year ago, but we haven't heard a whole lot about him since he was sent back very early last season. But you look at his numbers, and, and it's starting to come together, it looks like, at the AAA level. And what are you seeing in him yeah. that's encouraging? Yeah, so you know, this has been a, a, a great year for Lava. Just, you know, I think, one, you know, thinking about the, some of the things that he had to go through early in the year, uh, was on the 40-man roster, gets DFA'd. And at that opportunity, other organizations have a chance to select him. And, and, you know, that didn't happen for him. And a lot of times you see players kind of go into a shell with that and shut things down. And it really affects, you know, their quality of work and, and really, candidly, the rest of their year. And to see Lava kind of take the exact opposite approach of that. I was actually there with Akron when that happened. And the, the day, you know, the days that he returned – uh, of going right to the staff and, and essentially asking them, like, how do we write the ship here? So I think it, it speaks to just a little bit of his mindset and then for him to actually go out there, use some of the that coaching to 
to, to right the ship from a performance standpoint is, is pretty exciting. And I think both offensively and defensively, we've seen him get back to some of the things we saw in 2021, where you know, this is a guy that, that can really put the bat on the ball and, and has an opportunity to impact the baseball at a position where, you know, the offensive impact, you know, usually isn't as high for, for catchers. And, um, you know, it, that, that's just been really refreshing to see. And I think a lot of credit goes to Lava with, with just his approach and his mentality to figure out what he needed to do to kind of put himself back into the, the 40 man conversation. And, and he's doing just that and continue to have success in AAA, both on offense and defense. Another player that we've heard a lot about, but it just seems to be having a tough time getting his season rolling is outfielder George Valera. And uh, how's he doing here as we yep. get deeper into the season? Yeah, you know, I think we're still watching George kind of get his feet underneath him. So, you know, uh, just a unlucky string of events, especially even going all the way back to spring training when, you know, some of the fans got a chance to see him for the first time, had the wrist issue flare up and, then as part of his rehab, had a little bit of a hamstring tweak, and you look up and he's missed almost half the year, and now he's in AAA trying to, you know, in some ways early on almost uh, go through his own spring training while the season's going on. Uh, and that's really difficult to do. And, you know, I, I think the the one cool thing about George is that hasn't impacted the way that he's come to the ballpark every day this year, and, and he's you know, he's going out there with the mentality of, of trying to get back to to the guy that we've seen uh, in the past that can really impact the baseball and can fly around in the outfield and, you know, has a cannon for an arm and can impact the game on both sides of the ball. And, and that's kind of where we're putting all of our eggs towards that basket on both the the defense and offensive sides right now. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that we see George, you know, similar to some of the other guys we've talked about, use this as an opportunity to, to kind of right the ship and, um, and, you know, hopefully have a chance, you know, towards the end of the year to, to look up and, and be a candidate that our major league team's excited about. Another young outfielder, Jonathan Rodriguez, recently promoted to AAA Columbus. Um, I know he put up some numbers at Akron, big time power. And yep. uh, what's he been able to do so far at the AAA level? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it right there. This is a guy that can really impact the baseball. And, um, you know, one of the, you, you look at his overall performance line and it's you know pretty impressive. He's you know, hitting close to 300 with it, with a lot of, with a lot of damage done. And you dig into that further in the first month of the year, he, like, he really struggled. So for him to kind of be at the, the position he's at right now, I think speaks a lot towards how, how well he's done the last couple of months. And we thought it was a time for him to get challenged in AAA, like similar to some of the things we talked about with Cantillo of, okay, now you have a chance to face guys that have some major league exposure. And how does your approach adjust to that of, of some of the highest level of competition that we can simulate to prepare our guys ahead of getting to the big leagues? And, and, and J-Rod's done a, a great job of jumping in. He's played left. He's played right. Another guy that can really throw. Um, and, and, you know, he's a, he's a name that I hope we continue to see further growth from and, and you know, puts his name on the radar to potentially help our major league team with, with his skill set of, of really being able to impact the baseball and do some damage. And one more position player who uh, is actually here with the, with the Guardians, at least for a little bit, is uh, Jose Tena. And I know he yeah. wasn't at, at AAA very long, but uh, what, <laughs> what type of season has he been having and, and uh, what made him a candidate to, to come up here and, and uh, fill a gap for a little bit? 
<laughs> well, he's a he's a career three hundred hitter in in Triple A, Rosie. After that one game, so we <laughs> thought it was time to. You know, it was yeah, obviously a, you know a unique situation with with Tana and um, some of the injuries that happened in the major league created some movement. He's a guy that was on the forty man roster, so um, you know similar to Jarod, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but credit to our Double A hitting group. You know, Mike Mergenthaler, Ian Forster, you know, Grant Fink, our, our whole hitting side, I think really dug into Jose early in the year to try and get him back to when we've seen him at his best. What are, what are some of the things that we've seen and brought that to them? And, 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 you know, those guys were able to work through it. And I think that's why we saw him really rebound from a performance standpoint in double A and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he's he's up in the major leagues now, and should he come back down to the to the minor leagues, we'll be ready to to continue to help him um, on both the offensive and defensive side. But you know, I think one of the exciting things about him is he he he's always going to be able to go out there and really defend. Um, and you know, I, I think that's one of the things that the major league staff likes about having him up there. As always, a lot going on at the AAA level. Players coming and going. But uh, Roth, thanks a lot for the update on some of them. And uh, safe travels as you're out there taking in some Columbus Clippers baseball. I appreciate it, Rosie. Thanks for having me. That's Rob Serfolio, the director of player development for the Guardians. And that's your weekly farm report. And that will do it for this edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. And thanks to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each and every week. Until next time, when we join you from back home in downtown Cleveland, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. 